This episode is brought to you by Dietz and Watson. Uh, Molly, it's time we have the talk about hot dogs. Oh, oh, okay. Well, hey, (laughs) I'm looking for a hot dog that's the real deal, Matthew. Like a classic hot dog that like when you think of like the platonic ideal of a hot dog, Mm -hmm. I recommend Dietz and Watson's Dietz Dogs. Ah, well, I've heard that they're handcrafted and made using only Dietz and Watson premium meat. I can vouch for this because Dietz and Watson sent us a big box of hot dogs and other delights. And wife of the show, Lori, and I had them for dinner last night. We had uh, the classic beef Dietz dogs with uh, toasted buns with sauerkraut and pickled jalapenos and Dietz and Watson ballpark style yellow mustard. Do you think you'd recommend Dietz and Watson hot dogs for fried rice? Oh, yeah. Fried rice with some sliced hot dogs. I'm going to be doing that soon. Wife of the show, Lori, is going to be making the hot dog flour buns from Christina Cho's cookbook, Mooncakes and Milk Bread. Very excited for this. Mm, And I'm especially pleased because Dietz and Watson does things the right way. So this means like no additives, no fillers, no artificial flavors, no cutting corners. You can feel good about this stuff. Dietz and Watson. It's a family thing since 1939. Shop now at Dietz slash the right way. That's Dietz, D-I-E-T-Z, and Watson.com slash the right way. This episode is brought to you by Talenti. Now, when Talenti makes gelato and sorbetto, they tend to get a little out of control. Did they have to use so many raspberries in the Roman raspberry sorbetto that the machine broke? I hope they've fixed it since then, because that sounds good. Did they need to try 25 different chai teas to find the perfect spice blend for their vanilla chai gelato? Obviously, yes. Did they have to invent giant mint steepers? Is this a test? Is someone giving me a test here? Did they have to invent giant mint steepers to make their Mediterranean mint super minty? I'm going to guess yes, they did. Does their obsessiveness make Talenti gelato and sorbetto the greatest? You be the judge. But yes, it does make them the greatest. They're also the judge. I get an A+. You get delicious gelato and sorbetto. Talenti, the delicious, is in the details. I'm Matthew. And I'm Molly. And this is Spilled Milk, the show where we cook something delicious, eat it all, and you can't have any. Today, we are talking about black tea. Yes. And was this your idea? I think this was your idea. Was it? I don't know. Maybe it was Abby's idea. I can't remember. Maybe it's just one of those ideas that's out there. And then we just, just ripe for the plucking. Wow. Uh, and we plucked it. And we have a couple of different kinds of black tea sitting in front of us. And I, I'm just going to be like slurping tea this whole time. Okay, cool. So um, uh, let's start by going down memory lane. Oh, wow. You weren't joking. Okay, let's start by going down memory lane. Uh, hey, did you have a tea drinker in your family as a kid? Or? Not that I recall. So I don't, I'm, I was trying to think back, like, what were my thoughts, my feelings about tea as, as a young person? And I think, like, it was a thing in books. And, like, mm-hmm. I'm sure we had mm-hmm. tea, tea bags in the, in the cupboard, but I don't remember drinking tea. Yeah. I don't even remember, like, when I started drinking tea. Um, I, I remember hearing words like Earl Grey, English breakfast, um, uh, Darjeeling. Yes. Yeah. I knew um, these words from I remember books. hearing the word, um, oolong oh. and the words lapsang suchon and I, suchong. And I remember knowing that my grandfathers, my paternal, my maternal grandfathers 
Favorite tea was Lapsang Souchong, which is a smoked tea. Yes. Right? That sounds like it would absolutely not work for me. Um, I went but, through a Lapsang phase, and um, and my wife told me I could not make it in her teapot because then everything would just taste like a barbecue. Wow. Fascinating. Well, okay. So anyway, I grew up like hearing these words, but I, I didn't really have a tea drinker in my immediate family. And I, I think... Yeah, I would hear about it, you know, in children's books and stuff. I feel like so many of the books that we read as kids when you and I were kids were British books. You know what I mean? And, you know, there was all the Secret Garden stuff. I'm sure they were were having cuppas. Anyway, so, yeah, I think that I definitely knew that tea was an alternative to coffee. Yeah, but I don't think... I remember my mom buying, like, Celestial Seasonings. Oh, yeah, of course. But that, so herbal tea was more familiar to me as a kid. Um, and I we, we would get stash tea sometimes growing up in Portland, because I think it's local. Oh, I um, think I thought of stash as a newer company. My uh, my wife, the uh, the one who told me not to put the Lapsang Souchong in her teapot, um, mm-hmm. has been to the Celestial Seasonings factory <gasps> and taken that's the so factory cool. tour in, in Colorado, and she said it was awesome. Oh, that's so cool. And there's, so like, cool. A, there's like, a mint room where, like, it, mint leaves are flying around everything smells like mint hey can we do a, an herbal tea episode yeah of course um it, my mom used to really um love red zinger yes i had some red zinger the other day it's great i love it's red hibiscus. zinger yeah okay anyway so this is a black tea episode yes yeah, so um i know yeah like i don't remember like when i first tasted black tea i remember like having some afternoon tea experiences wow Um, that sounds racy (laughs) yes some afternoon delight experiences but i had some delightful (laughs) afternoon tea experiences um uh when um like in 99 2000 um i went to thailand for the first time and in bangkok there there are fancy hotels that do fancy english style afternoon tea uh, at, a, at a much lower price than you would pay at a fancy hotel in London or like at the Empress in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. And it was awesome. Uh, you know, you got the little sandwiches and all the little treats and um, uh, and, and like and black tea of, of good quality, which which the tea we're drinking today is like grocery store tea. And it's fine. So 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 let, let's get down to what this is exactly. OK, let's do it. What is black tea? So it's it's dried leaves from what? Uh, from the Camellia sinensis plant, um, I didn't. I didn't foresee this happening until just now. We started asking that. Actually, I know quite a lot about tea. You do. So this, this is so, so exciting. This, uh, no, it's, I mean this. This could get botanical. It could get very technical. It could get very. Could boring. it get botanical? <laughs> yes. Could it get? It could get. Could it get um, tectanical? Mm-hmm. It could get titanical and biotechnical. Cool, awesome. Okay, so <laughs> what I'm saying is our show could get titanical so in the sense you know, that so it could hit an iceberg in the form of me and sink. So there's green tea, there's black tea, there's white tea, there's whatever. What is what is black tea? Uh, black tea is um, the uh, processed dried leaves of the Camellia sinensis plant that have been fully oxidized um, during production. What? So. <laughs> So you uh, you kind of crush up the leaves and uh, and let the enzymes do their work until the leaves turn kind of brownish and then you dry them. Oh wait, so you um, kind of like you kind of uh, like destroy them. Yeah, you kind of you, you kind of destroy them and then you bring them back. Is the idea that you're like releasing their oils or something? Well, they're enzymes. Yeah, you're like you're breaking cells and like the enzymes uh, you know go to work like kind of eating eating itself up. It's not fermentation. That's not what happens when I go to work. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, when I, no, when I go to work, like I hang with my uh, coworkers around the water cooler and, and no one gets uh, oxidized. Yeah. This is another one of those things like like the artichoke. How did somebody ever figure I out don't to know. do this? So, OK, so a couple things. So, so um, you know, green tea, oolong tea, white tea, black tea, it's all exactly the same plant. There are different varieties of the of the plant. It's all oh, camellia but they're all sinensis. processed differently? They're all processed differently. So uh, white tea and uh, green and white teas are the least oxidized and black tea is the most and oolong has a range of somewhere in between. And, and wait, by oxidized what do you mean? So you've taken these leaves, you've beaten them. You've beaten them. And uh, then what? And then they you just leave them to to you know self to, for for enzymatic reactions to occur and and fundamentally what's happening is is oxidation of proteins okay. and stuff. Okay. And so so black tea would be left for longer. Yes. So okay. so um green green tea is not oxidized at all. So so you um you kind of you pick it and and you process it as quickly as possible. Okay. The other thing is um I mean to to your point um, I've visited a tea plantation and eaten a tea leaf right off the the tea bush, mm-hmm. and it tastes like you pulled a leaf off a random shrub in your yard. It it gives absolutely no hint wow. to me that like this could make a delicious beverage. Yeah, so it's like what made somebody think I'm gonna bash this and then I'm gonna leave it for a little while to kind of fester and then I'm gonna dry yes. it out and then I'm gonna pour hot water over. Well, it, it was invented by Uncle Fester from the. <laughs> Monsters or the Adams family, one I'm of those. Not sure. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I maybe it was at a time when people were just kind of drying and infusing everything to see what worked. Maybe. I maybe. mean, maybe you know. And this I guess, definitely I guess, works. Yeah, but I guess I guess we're sort of like if you go to Williamsburg or Portland, we're kind of still in that time. Yes. <laughs> yes. Let's talk about what makes them different. Like Earl Grey has bergamot. Yes, oil it? of bergamot. And so is that like added to the the leaves? Yeah. So it's a it's a flavored tea, and okay. I like it. And are these are these le- are the leaves of of these Camellia sinensis plants? Um, are, are these grown in like India, different parts of Asia? Funny you should ask, because on this twin Darjeeling is a place in India. Darjeeling, right? uh, yeah, heaven is a place on earth. <laughs> Ooh, baby, do you no. know what that's worth? Ooh, heaven is a place on earth. They say in heaven, love comes first. We'll make heaven our place on earth. Ooh, heaven is... <laughs> but the specific place on earth from which these heavenly leaves come uh, is... I you like that? Transition. God, that was pretty, great. pretty good segue. Ooh, masterful. Uh, Kenya, Indonesia, Assam, Malawi, and China. Assam is in India. So, um, the, the so these are hotter places. It, China grows the most tea, um, and then India. There are countries in Africa that are producing large amounts of commodity tea. Um, Japan grows a little bit of tea. Korea grows a little bit. Uh, Sri Lanka. Do we grow any black Taiwan. tea here? Is it not Very hot enough? Very little. Um, they're, they're like ex- experimental tea plantations. I think there's one like in Georgia. They, I've had tea from Hawaii, um, okay. but there's no there's no real like commercial production of tea in the United States. Interesting. Okay, cool. So, okay, so what makes English breakfast English breakfast? So I think English breakfast is a blend of black teas that is going for a certain flavor profile. I don't think I could really, de- I'm qualified to describe like what that flavor profile is. It's kind of a, you know, it's a medium bodied, middle of the road black tea. Wait, so what do people say when they say, when they, what are, what are people saying when they talk about Assam? Uh, so Assam tea is, is tea from the Assam region of India. 
So I warned so you wait, this was going to get so boring. Wait, this is kind of like grapes. Like you could take the same plant and put it in a different place. You seem place. so excited about I this. I am. So you can take the same plant, roughly, uh-huh. and put it in a different place. Yes. And it'll taste different. Yes. So like, I mean, approximately. Uh, yes, but also, I mean, it's not. It's not just that uh, that it's different. That tastes different because of terroir, but also because uh, you know they're different. Uh, traditions of processing tea in different places. Oh man, this is cool! <laughs> I almost bought that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so the the only black tea that I usually keep at home is PG Tips, um, and we is, definitely keep PG Tips. Also, should I make some PG Tips too? Well, well I could do it, it. I'm realizing that it smells like English breakfast. I think PG Tips is an Eng- English breakfast blend. And am I correct that PG Tips is? It's like pretty cheap as these things go. It's kind of the is it like the Lipton of? Uh yeah, I think so. It's better than Lipton, but I mean that's why they call it PC tips because it's pretty cheap. P G. Oh oh, is it? Oh P G. Oh. oh okay. Well, they call parental it PG tips because tip. it's not for children, yeah, okay. <laughs> with except with parental consent. So what I love to do with PG tips, I, I find that it gets bitter really quickly. Right, I didn't ask if you wanted lemon or milk. So I've never had tea with lemon in it. Should we try it? And I've I'm always try thought that putting milk in tea was weird in a way that putting <laughs> in a way that putting milk in coffee wasn't weird because tea seems so much closer to just plain water. And mixing milk into water is an absolutely revolting concept. However, I love the 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 thing that in the UK is called builder's tea, which is basically, you know, just a, a cheap black tea, PG tips, whatever, um, that is brewed fairly strong. And then you add milk and sugar. And that is so delicious. Yeah, that sounds good. I usually drink my black tea black, um, but uh, I certainly wouldn't turn down the builder's tea. I'm um, I'm a, a black coffee person. Oh, I like the lemon. It's good. Okay, which one did you put it in? I'm putting it in my Earl Grey. I put it in my English breakfast. Mm, I don't. Ooh, it makes the Earl Grey taste very bitter. Okay, uh, yeah, I'll try. Will yeah, you yeah. try my Earl Grey mm-hmm. with lemon in it? Here, I think it's I think it's better in the English breakfast. Yeah, it is. Try. It's better in the okay. English breakfast. I put it in mine too. Oh, okay, give me back my tea. It's so <laughs> um, bitter. Though. Well, I mean, the thing uh, when the thing I was so delighted to learn the first time I went to England is that people like everyone in England really does drink tea just just like the stereotypes would tell you. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's it's so it's so much fun when when things live up to their image in that way, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, so like I work in an office and like in exactly the same way people would drink coffee. I realize I'm saying it's something everybody knows, but, uh, you know, in the same way people would drink coffee in an American office, I think not having worked in an American office in a very long time, people in England drink tea. I was, um, in London visiting a friend of mine who was living there and he's a photographer and he had an early morning shoot um, at this like small market. He wanted to be there like at a certain time of day because of because of the light. And anyway, Fucking we, we got there at like 730 in the morning and this was winter. And the guy who was there to open up the shop, he was making tea and he asked us if we wanted some tea and he made us some tea in these sort of like melamine cups. Yes. And he doctored it all up for us. He made us builder's tea. Oh, yes. And it was just like... It just was, there was something so utterly normal about it, and I felt so taken care of. It was lovely. Oh, yeah. 
Tea, tea really works very well for that. Yeah, in a different way from coffee. Do they call it builder's tea because you can use it to like mortar bricks together? <laughs> I I think I looked it up once. I thought it had something to do with the idea that of like um like con- constr- like workers um mm-hmm. taking it like in a thermos or something. Well, that like was my first thought. But like or... if you run out of mortar, maybe give it a try. Yeah, I think that I may have totally made that up. I'm not positive. Well, I mean it's it's got to be one of those things or the other, yeah. right? Today's episode is brought to you by Third Love. And I actually have a story about this. So I was recently on a bus ride. Uh, I was chaperoning a school field trip, and I was talking to one of the moms on the field trip. And she was Wait, asking, were you riding like a yellow school bus? It was a charter bus because oh, it was bummer. like an out of town field trip. Oh, you you really want to set the scene. Oh, I, huh? Yeah, I really wanted to see. I forgot it. you're a writer. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I mentioned I had a podcast, and she said, Oh, do you have any ads on your podcast? And I said, Yeah, actually, we have a bra company that advertises. And she said, Is it Third Love? I'm wearing it right now. And wow. she was so excited did about her Third you? Love bra. She did not show me. I realize this sounds like a weird story, but this this all really happened. Um, and she said, Yeah, I mean, we were, we were on this field trip. It was to Portland. It was really hot. We were, it was a marching band field trip. So we oh were like marching gosh. around in the sun. It was sweaty. She was wearing her Wait, third Wait, were love. you playing in the band? I was not playing in the band. I was chaperoning. Was but, she playing in the band? No, but we had to so like. So you can, I was going to just guess that if she had been playing in the band, which I know you said she wasn't. Right. That her third love bra would have been incredibly supportive and allowed her a full range of movements for like dancing with her saxophone exactly. or whatever. Yeah. But. I mean, the the adults had to pull water in a wagon behind the marching band. This sounds like (laughs) torture. Well, but... uh, the the third love twenty four seven t shirt bra you know remained comfortable uh, and you know Even almost under unnoticeable those under those conditions. That's what I'm trying to say here. Wow, I mean this is I I, I dare say this is the perfect bra for everyone. Yes, and, marching uh, band or otherwise. Yeah, and you can find yours in just seconds by answering a couple of easy questions on Third Love's online fit finder. They'll help you figure out what size and what style is going to be best uh-huh. for you, and then you can try one of their bras free for 30 days. Just pay $2.99 for shipping and they will send it to you. Costs nothing more than that for the first 30 days. If you like it, keep it. They'll charge your card the price of the bra. If you don't like it, send it back. Amazing. Yep. That's thirdlove.com slash spilled milk. Should we talk about the term orange peco? I thought it was orange pico. Um, I don't know which it is. But uh, I don't know. What should we call it? Uh, Molly's just now squeezing a lemon into her mouth. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> I mean, lemon juice is one of the best things. Oh, it's so good. Um, mm, but wait, okay. So what do you, so you usually take your tea black? Yes. And oh. Including peachy tips? Yeah. This was, this was my like, uh, you know, uh, tea that made me feel good all over a moment. <laughs> <laughs> you know, join, join me next week for another installment of tea that made me feel good all, all over our moments. <laughs> it's this little show I've been putting on <laughs> on the side without telling you. Tea that made me feel good all over moments. I started to say, I'm like, I know what concept uh, what I want I, to get across here. I don't I'm, know what words what to I'm use. What I'm imagining is sort of like a... <laughs> 
like a like a, a, a tinkly kind of piano transition, <laughs> and then then the camera fades to kind of be fuzzy and like Vaseline the smeared. The podcasting camera, yeah, <laughs> yeah the podcasting uh-huh. camera, and then you start telling us about how tea made you feel things. <laughs> Someone like rubbed me down with a tea scrub or something. No, is that when uh, when Lori and I went to Cornwall? Um, her, uh, her God, we are insufferable in this episode. Um, we we are like it's like we're wearing tea cozies. Uh, her her aunt um, uh, would uh, make us tea and uh, what? <laughs> what? This is a beautiful little story. <laughs> I mean, this is it's it's tea that made me feel good all over corner or whatever I called it. <laughs> Moment. It's a beautiful thing. Go on. Um, and uh, and like the uh, the first time, like I asked if I could have my tea with no milk because she always makes tea with milk, and yeah. then like the second time from then on, like she would just make me tea with no milk. And uh, and like, you know, never, never like mentioned anything. Just like, you know, she knew that's how I wanted it. And that's how she made it. It was so sweet. Oh, gosh, that it is... made me feel good all over. <laughs> <laughs> OK, cool. Uh, believe me, I checked all over. All, all <laughs> over. So uh, when would you drink English breakfast as opposed to Earl Grey? Uh, I, tips. So I, I like both kinds. I think generally, you know, Earl Grey is uh it has a real presence that uh, you may or may not be in the mood for. I think uh, I'm sure there are some people who, who drink Earl Grey ex- exclusively, but for me, like, they're in the mood for it. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, sometimes I want that uh, that citrus. Is it a citrus? Yeah, like citrus oil punch. And sometimes I don't. I mean, punch in in the sense of like you know getting struck with a flavor, not punch in the sense of like Hawaiian punch. Sometimes I want that Hawaiian punch. <laughs> okay. You want a Hertz donut? Um, um, so, so okay. So English breakfast is this like a? Do you think we're supposed to drink this in the morning? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you, you, the way you ask that, it's like you're saying, you know, you're looking at your watch. And oh, like, no, uh, here it says the combination of these varieties yields a complex, full-bodied, lively cup of tea that's perfect at any time of day. Well, they should maybe change it to call English any time of day or, or English all good all over. Um, all. I thought you were like, you know, glancing at your watch and you're like, oh shit, it's twelve oh three. Are we breaking the law? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Are they? Are the? Is the tea board going to come I'm, for us? I'm sure that there's some sort of rule about this. Uh, like, like don't don't drink English breakfast after Labor Day. That kind of thing. Yes, exactly. Um, so yeah, I mean, but because English English breakfast is a middle of the road black tea. Well, here's my here's my opinion okay. on on. I mean, this this could get heated. Ooh. So like when I go to like your your Starbucks, your your coffee bean and tea leaf, your your chain coffee place, like I generally drink tea rather than coffee because I'm an insufferable person. Yeah. Um, and uh, so I will generally choose the the English breakfast or whatever their unflavored black tea is because I think kind of cheap chain place black tea is generally better than oolong or green tea of, I, of comparable quality. I, I agree. I agree. And I feel like th- there's a part of me that trusts like black tea in a way that I trust drip coffee. Yes, like, drip it's very coffee, similar. Even when it's bad, it, it does still the job. is like recognizable as a certain flavor. You know what it's going to taste like and it's going to serve a certain function. 
and I would say the same thing at black tea. Yeah, and I am a real hardcore green tea snob, which we should probably never get into yeah, on the show. Yeah, let's not do that. Um, so, like, when I when I drink, like, a lousy green tea, I just can't enjoy it. You know, I wanted to tell you, actually, there was this, I think it was a GQ tell profile me. of Brad Pitt the other day mm-hmm. with all these and that made you think ridiculous of me? photos of that went along with it. Well, it, it, the first two paragraphs is, like, the, the writer arriving at Brad Pitt's house, <laughs> oh, and God. Brad Pitt is mixing up a... He's got one of those little tea whisks, and oh, he's mixing up a cup of like would matcha? it be matcha or something like that? Oh, I love this! Yeah, and I was like, wow, Matthew and Brad Pitt have, have so, so much, much in common. common. Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah. Yes, I'll, I was... s- I'll send you a link to it. The photos that go with it are ridiculous. <laughs> okay, I and would... like not in a way that I enjoy. Is there a picture of of Brad Pitt whisking no. matcha? Oh, no, but there are a whole bunch it. of pictures of Brad Pitt looking extremely dramatic and wistful and dumb out in like deserts and stuff. I, I mean, I would be I would be up for that kind of photo I shoot. Never thought Brad Pitt was that hot. I I've. Don't really have an opinion. He oh. seems he seems like a good actor. <laughs> oh, cool. Okay, fine. <laughs> I don't. No, no, no. I guess I'm sort of agreeing with you I don't in mean the to sense slander that, like, him. I right, feel like, like there are plenty of people out there who are who are into Brad Pitt. My little old me. I'm not going to hurt anybody by being honest. <laughs> am I? <laughs> this is your. Oh, this can be your pod. Your side podcast, little old me. <laughs> I'm not going to hurt anybody by being honest. And then you like to say something horribly racist or something, right? <laughs> is that the name of my podcast? <laughs> right. It's like it's, little old me. I'm not going to hurt. It is the most offensive podcast that has ever been put to tape, and that's what it's called. <laughs> and you start every episode the same way. Hey, it's <laughs> yeah. little. little Oh, me's not going to hurt anybody by being honest, right? By the way, 9-11 was an inside job. Oh, God, no. No, no, no. I feel a need, in case anybody just tuned in to Spilled Milk Podcast. <laughs> I feel a need to say that Matthew was, was making an example of it, a very offensive mm-hmm. statement. He didn't mean that, right? But but my uh, my mimicry of your voice was so convincing it that was. you think anybody just tuning in is going to think <laughs> that you're really a nine eleven truther. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, oh, oh boy. God, I feel like we're done with this. I think probably. Hey, but um, wait, wait the, on the agenda it says the Red Rose figurine series. Oh, if you don't know what I'm talking about, you're in for a treat. The Red Rose is like a. It's a brand of tea. Okay. Isn't there also wait? What's Yorkshire Gold? I don't know. That's another um, tea. It sounds, it's, it's probably like some sort of urban dictionary sexual practice. I think I think so. My friend John is into it. I'll ask him about it. <laughs> okay. Why, wait, why John? Be, oh, well, because. Did we mention it? Did you mention him earlier? Uh, no, he is the, <laughs> he is the husband of, of Brandy Henderson, who I mentioned on the Crumbles and Crisps episode. Oh, okay. And anyway, John is, uh, John's into Yorkshire gold tea. Oh, okay. Yeah, whatever that means. I'm guessing it's probably is is it a brand or a type of tea? I'm guessing it's probably a brand, a brand. of black tea. Yeah, like probably. People people in England and um people with uh anglophilic tendencies elsewhere have really strong feelings about what what is their preferred brand of mass market black tea. Mm-hmm. So there's there's uh Taifu, there's uh PG Tips, there's Yorkshire Gold apparently. There's another major one that I'm not thinking Red of. Red Rose. Oh, the Red Rose uh yeah, yeah. Red Red Rose is more. I feel like is more down market than the other ones. Okay. Because Red Rose tea is really like, and I, I mean, I, I don't mean this critically because I'm fine with it also, but it's like it's sort of Liptony in that it's mm. it's very mild, very mild. Okay. But the thing about Red Rose tea is when you buy a box of Red Rose tea, it comes with a little uh, like ceramic figurine. <gasps> 
and yes. they've they've had like dozens of series of these and you know produced hundreds like like billions of them probably not billions of different ones but uh uh but like you know for for a while um we were we were buying the red rose tea um you know theoretically for guests but mostly because we wanted to get a new figurine where are the figurines now in the box oh oh like where are our figurines now i don't know like either they're around the house somewhere or we got rid of them it, huh. it, it's it, people collect them, but for for me, it was more fun just like seeing what figurine was in the box. I remember like one time we got a budgie like three times in a row. What's a budgie? It's a, Is that a parakeet. Bird? Yeah, it's a popular pet. How did you know it was a budgie? Was it labeled? Budgie? I think it was labeled budgie. Okay. Oh, <laughs> um, at the if you go to the zoo, um, I, do they have budgies? Yeah, they have they have a thing called budgie buddies where you get like oh. a stick with birdseed on it and you hold it up and budgies come and eat it. You have got to be joking. Are you making I, this up? Do I seem creative enough to have made up budgie buddies? <laughs> this Wait, is, this is at this the Woodland is 100% Park Zoo real. in Seattle. Okay, so I know for sure they have it at the Point Defiant Zoo in Tacoma. I think they also have it at the Woodland Park Zoo. I think maybe if you're a zoo, you, you can just like sign up for bud, budgie buddies. If you're a zoo. If, if you bought a zoo like Matt Damon did. Wait, Matt Damon bought a zoo? Yes, in the movie We Bought a Zoo, Matt Damon buys a zoo. Oh, you were hoping Matt Damon Actually in real life. You what what I am hoping, and maybe you were too, <laughs> is that um Matt Damon and Ben Affleck teamed up like uh-huh. old time, yep. old time like Southie buddies, uh, and yep. uh, and bought a zoo and like <laughs> just turned it into a Boston like working class zoo or something. Yes. Exactly. Maybe with a couple of Wahlbergs in there. Yes. In, in the cages. Yes. <laughs> okay. Okay. Okay, well. This episode was brought to you by Third Love. Third Love uses real women's measurements to create bras that fit better, whether you're in a marching band or not. They're available in sizes from double A to G, including their exclusive half cup sizes. It's so cool. I did not ask the person on the marching band trip. You didn't ask whether her what her had... size was? No, I did not. I'm I'm a try to be a human being most of the time. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay, great. Well, anyway, um, if if this bra, if you try it and it's not your favorite, I, I well, you what? can't, you can't be in my you? band. Uh, <laughs> no, anyway, go to thirdlove.com slash spilled milk to try it now, free for 30 days. That's thirdlove.com slash spilled milk. You can find us on spilled milk podcast.com that's mm-hmm. our website where we won't be posting any recipes today nope. i don't know maybe we'll is there anything we can post maybe we can post a link to that gq interview with brad pitt um i mean we're not gonna post yes that would be great we're not gonna post a recipe for this but one time i made an earl gray tea infused chocolate tart that was back oh. i think before i had kids uh, was this from the <laughs> book kid? paris sweets by dory greenspan maybe or from like a like a Pierre Hermé chocolates book. Yeah, I think I just started with a basic chocolate tart recipe and like infused a couple of tea bags into it. Wow, into it's the good. into the cream for the ganache. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, it's good. Like, I'm not I'm not that fancy anymore. Yeah, I'm but not someone, that fancy. Someone I used to do with shit like time that on their too. Hands. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Where did what? Uh, so do you ever look like uh, this? Never mind. This is the oldest, most boring line of conversation ever, and we'll have it once the tape is off. Oh, like like what did you know? How did we waste all this time before we had kids? Yeah, like why didn't I spend entire weekends like uh, uh, drinking rosé and reading the Sunday New York Times? I see. I think of you as doing that now. No. <laughs> okay. No. 
I spend weekends doing stuff like hauling my kid to a birthday party and mm-hmm. um and oh right because your because your kid is still four yeah my kid's my four. kid is thirteen yeah no I can't and read the no newspaper. longer requires parenting no I can't so, really read the newspaper like this afternoon um I was about to say this as if this was like a big uh, you know re- relaxing event for me but I'm going to get a filling and my kid is going to let herself in and then she's going to have dinner ready when I get home. So wow, that's going to happen for me someday. Tell tell June to do it this weekend. See what just see what happens. Okay, cool. We'll do. Uh, You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash spilled milk podcast, where you can I don't know tell our kids what to do. Yeah, cool. Okay, Uh, and uh, you can also find us on iTunes, where you've probably already found us, but you can leave us a review there, and it really does help people find us. Yep. And until next time, thank you for listening to Spilled Milk. I'm Earl Gray. And I'm English Breakfast. Now, we we should talk about this because I usually leave mine in. Oh, my God. I was about to just say I do not understand people who just leave their tea bag in while they're drinking it. Hey, Keurig coffee drinkers. Did you know that the bold, smooth taste of Dunkin' Cold Coffee can be brewed in your Keurig, coffee maker, and enjoyed at home? Dunkin's Cold K-Cup pods were crafted to be brewed hot and enjoyed cold. And of course, they're packed with the Dunkin' flavor you crave. Brew over ice and sip in seconds. Because the home with Dunkin' is where you want to be.